Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Yankee Stadium in New York. It's the New York Yankees 4, the Cleveland Guardians 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And it was a tough night for the Guardians in the Bronx. Unfortunately, I not even unfortunately, I, I don't know why Terry Francona decided to run out the AAA pitching staff against the New York Yankees, against the Bronx Bombers. It was all guys that probably, if they would have invested in the bullpen at all, if you know they hadn't have loaded the 40-man roster with rookies, then these guys probably all should have been in AAA. Uh, Eli Morgan, Eli Morgan belongs here. Eli Morgan had a decent start. Uh, Doug does give up the two-run home run to uh, Aaron Judge, but did have a decent start. Had five strikeouts over three innings. But then he goes to Logan Allen, Tanner Tully, and Connor Pilkington. And it's like, yeah, you you ran the minor league pitching staff out there against the Yankees, and we got beat 4-1. to one. Now, the offense didn't do any favors. The offense had opportunities to score and didn't capitalize on it. Uh, I believe they were 0-8 for 8 with runners in scoring position. So it's not like they got any kind of offensive support. But hey, um, I guess I guess I guess it is what it is. I guess Terry Francona with COVID and a bunch of guys on you know on the COVID list out, including who would have started today, Cal Quantrill. He ends up turning the ball over to the young guys, and he gives one away to the Yankees. So, all right, it happens. We do get Quantrill back today for the day game, so uh, he's. It's all about negative tests now. Two negative tests in a row, you're good to come back. So Quantrill will be back in there against Cortez today. And then uh, Savali will make the start against Garrett Cole in the finale. Now, I don't know why Savali didn't pitch the Friday night game. It would have been his turn in the rotation. It had been five days. Uh, so I, I didn't hear anything. I looked for it. I searched for it. Nobody had a tweet. Nobody had an article saying why Savali was pushed back a few days. So if you heard anything, tweet at me and let me know. But, you know, I, as of now, I'm assuming that they just decided to give Savali a couple of extra days of rest, um, that the rainouts, really snowouts, really screwed up the schedule. And that's how we end up with this junior game here, you know, the junior circuit, the Although they do call the American League the junior circuit, right? The uh, the Triple A guys pitching against the Yankees to open this series. So let's get into it. Let's get into the storylines of this game. And frankly, the big storyline of this game is Aaron Judge. I mean, Judge and Judge goes deep twice to the seats in right field. Fermil Reyes goes deep to the seats in right field for the Guardians. I gotta be honest with you, man. Yankee Stadium. I, it's kind of a joke to me. It's it's kind of a joke to have that ridiculously short porch in right field in today's game when people when guys are hitting four hundred foot bombs. I mean, we all know how far Giancarlo Stanton can hit the ball. Now, granted, he's going to be pulling that to left field, but I mean, it's it's kind of a joke. Uh, you know, Boston balances out the pesky pole and how short that corner is with center field being a ridiculously deep wasteland, right? The triangle up there. And then you have the monster on the other side to deal with. So they kind of balance it out. Um, There's no balance to this one. 
There's almost there's it's so short that there's not even a gap in right center field. How many balls in Cleveland make it in that gap in right center field that go for a double, right? That's a great, great alleys in progressive field to hit doubles. In Yankee Stadium, any ball that's hit to the right side of the field, there's always two outfielders there. Watch, there's always the center fielder and the right fielder converging. You know, one of them calls for it, but the other one's right there behind them. Because there's no gap there. There's nowhere to drop the ball down because that porch is so short. So it's kind of ridiculous, but Judge takes advantage of it twice. Uh, he gets Eli Morgan uh, with a runner on for a two-run home run in the third. And then later in the fifth inning, he'd get one off Tanner Tully, making his Major League debut. Um, so yeah, it was... It was Aaron Judge's night, and uh, they also scratch across a run off of uh, in the fourth inning off of Logan Allen. They beat him up for two hits plus a walk. Uh, he does get two strikeouts, but gives up a run in that inning of work from Logan Allen. It's pretty much what you would expect to see from Logan Allen. Like he has some pitches that look great, and then he has some things that he leaves hanging right in the middle of the plate and gets smacked around into the gaps. Right, smack some line drives hit off him. And he ends up giving up a run in the uh, in the fourth inning. And it hurts because that was right after we had answered back. So Judge hits the two-run home run. Vermeil Reyes answers back with his solo shot. All right, two-to-one game. We can work with that. And then you come out of the bullpen and immediately give that run right back. That hurts. Timing, you know, t- timing of some of these things is important in the game of baseball. To get a little momentum and then give it right back, that hurts. All right, so Judge hitting these bombs, uh, Fermil Reyes hitting his bomb. I wanted to take a look at these home runs. Let's talk about Aaron Judge's first. First off, Aaron Judge. I was wondering, actually, look at the spray chart for both of them. Because, you know, Judge is a big right-handed hitter. I was wondering how often he goes to that right field porch. So I went back to his spray chart from 2021. Turns out a lot. He lives over there. He tends to hit them. To, he, there are a couple to center field, but he tends to either pull them tightly to left field, right over the left fielder's head, or he sprays them all over right field, even in the right field corner. So isn't that uncommon what Aaron Judge did last night, putting two out to right field like that? By the way, that guy, his percentile rankings for 2022, I know he doesn't have a home run, a lot of home runs so far in the season. It was actually those two home runs he hit yesterday make it three home runs for him on the season. But his average exit velocity, 97th percentile. Max exit velocity, 97th. Hard hit, 97th percentile. Expected weighted on base percentage, 97th percentile. Expected slugging percentage, 98th. Barrel percentage, 99th. So yes, this guy is hitting the ball hard to start the season. I guess the home runs haven't been coming until he faced the Guardians junior pitching. But yeah, he will spray the ball in that direction. Um... Now, looking at some of his numbers off of fastballs, going back to 2021, he hit 37 home runs in 2021. 25 of them came off of fastballs. He hit 331 off of fastballs last year with a 641 slugging percentage. His OPS is over 1,000. I think it's actually, if I do quick math in my head here, I think it's 1,104, 1,000. Four, which is insane. It's a, an amazing OPS. Uh, his whiff rate on him was 19.5 and his put away was 
percent of the time he was put away by a fastball. Very low numbers. Now, this year, he's not hitting as well off of fastballs. Uh, he's only got a 267 batting average. Um, he's only got a 467 slugging, so a little cooler to start the season, but he's not whiffing at him. He's, it's even lower. He's a whiff rate went from 19.5 to 17.5. His put away on fastballs went from 17.9% to 14%. So they're putting him away even less with fastballs. And all three of his home runs, guess what? Have come on fastballs this season. So why were the Guardians throwing this guy so many fastballs? If we go over to his illustrator here and take a look, it's mostly fastballs. He gets four sliders. He gets three changeups on the night but mostly fastballs. Uh, of all the pitches he saw, 65% of them, of 20 pitches he saw, 65% were fastballs. So for some reason, we decided to attack him with fastballs, and he hammered two of them. They were outside fastballs. They were up. The uh, one from Eli Morgan was right at the belt on the outer third of the plate. The one from Tanner Tully was up near the letters on the outside edge of the plate. So he really went on and stuck that one. 112 mile per hour exit velocity. The one off Eli Morgan was also 112 mile per hour exit velocity. So I don't understand why, if Aaron Judge just hammers fastballs, why you would throw 65% fastballs at this guy. And he makes us pay. And uh, yeah, we are going to have to be very, very careful with Judge uh, for the rest of this series. Now, for me, Reyes' this home run. We'll balance this out a little bit. Guy also, by the way, exit velocity is at the 93rd percentile. Hard hit percentage is 66th percentile, where he doesn't match up with Aaron Judge. The expected weighted on base percentage is 11th percentile. Expected batting average is 17th percentile. So he is not having the hot start like an Aaron Judge is. Um, I was wondering, does Fermil Reyes, he also put one out to right field to the short porch. I remember I joked about it. I said on yesterday's episode, I don't think the short porch is going to help Fermil Reyes because he usually goes to right center field um, or pulls him to left. But looking back at his spray chart here, in 2021, there are three little home runs grouped together uh, down the right field line that would have been you know, home runs in Yankee Stadium on that short porch. So they were kind of anomalies in 2021. However, if you go back to 2019, this full season before that, he actually sprayed all over in 2019. He hit a bunch of home runs to right field. It's pretty evenly spread out. And even 2018, his first season, he snuck a couple of home runs down the line. So it's not completely foreign for Fermil Reyes to go to right field and go to sharply to right field like that. And we're not even talking right center. We're talking dead on right field. Now, Fermil Reyes, the one thing I want to look at was his splits. Because it feels like he's off to a pretty slow start. Well, what did he do last year in April? Last year, he was a monster in April. He had seven home runs, four doubles, and two triples in April. He had 18 RBIs. He uh, even stole a base. He was hitting 279 with a 616 slugging, over a 900, 924 OPS. In 2022, he now has two home runs. He's got 10 hits. No doubles, no triples, only five RBIs, um, no stolen bases. Come on, Fermil Reyes. He's hitting 196 with a 540 OPS. So he has had hot starts before. This is not it. We, we really need the calendar to turn to May so this guy can start a fresh month and try to get himself going because uh, April is not being kind 
to him this season. All right, so how about this home run? Again, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, He pays attention. He pays attention to how pitchers pitch him, I think. I think. What does he get from James Tallien in his first at-bat? He gets a four-seam fastball to start the at-bat. Then he deals with a couple of sliders and sinkers. Frankly, some called strikes that were were off the plate. I mean, he kind of get he kind of gets hosed in this at bat. Uh, the slider was outside. That sinker was inside. Then he throws him a four seam fastball down the middle, just below the letters, and he fouls it off. Then gets the slider for called strike three, and that's on the black. I'll give him that one. That one's on the black. That's a good pitch. But he fouled off a fastball right down the middle. So what happens the next time up? First pitch, fastball down the middle, just below the letters, and he cranks it 106.8 miles per hour to the seats in right field. I got to assume he was sitting fastball to start that at-bat, right? I got to assume that he learned from that first at-bat. He had just fouled off that pitch in his first at-bat, and this time he drives it 380 feet for a home run. So, you know, we make assumptions here, right? I can't interview Fermil Reyes after the game and ask him, was he sitting fastball in that second at-bat? Frankly, you know, let it be a mystery. Let the pitchers wonder, right? (laughs) We don't want to give the Yankees pitchers any clues that he's sitting fastball or he's paying attention to those first at-bats. But it sure seems like it, right? Two days in a row, he sees fastball on first pitch in his first at-bat. Second at-bat, hammers a first pitch fastball for a home run. It sure seems like he's paying attention to where those pitches are coming. All right. So those my that was my big storyline of the game. It was the big home runs. Uh, this game, you know, most of the runs in this game get scored via the home run. Uh, the other things going on in this game, uh, Michael King for the Yankees was absolutely smoking us. Uh, someone that came over in the in a trade with Miami a few years ago for the Yankees. They had to clear some room on the forty man roster. They wanted some international bonus pool money, and they got Miami to throw in Michael King. And he immediately jumped in strikeouts when he got to the Yankees organization. Uh, I read the scouting report. He was, you know, one of their top-ranked prospects back in, like, I think it was 2019. And they said that when he came over, they worked on his secondary pitches, which helped him start racking up strikeouts. Well, Michael King is definitely racking up the strikeouts now. Three innings pitched a relief. James Tallien started this game, goes five innings, gives up seven hits, walks a tightrope. Uh, five strikeouts, only gives up the one run, uh, the solo home run. Michael King comes in and shuts down the game. Three innings pitched, only gives up one hit, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts in three innings pitched. Uh, he was absolutely dominant against the Guardians hitters. And let's take a look at some of the CSW numbers. And let's look at the Guardians too here. Uh, for Eli Morgan, the fastball was actually working for him. He had a 38% CSW on that fastball. None of his other pictures were really working to get whiffs, to get caught strikes. He was missing with the changeup and the slider. Only got one called strike on any of his secondary pitches. Um, so yeah, the forcing fastball, and he was throwing it up. He got a bunch of strikeouts going up and challenging Yankees hitters. I mean, he started out great. He strikes out the side plus a walk in the first inning um, and then comes back and gets another strikeout to start the uh, second inning. So technically had four strikeout outs in a row uh, off the Yankees and then gets into trouble the second time through the lineup. He walks LeMahieu and gives the home run up to judge the second time through the lineup. He did strike out Rizzo, though, to end the third inning. 
So it was a high fastball that was working with him, working for him, challenging those hitters up. Uh, for Logan Allen, um, his CSW numbers are actually okay. He had a 39% CSW. It's just uh, he gave up a bunch of hits, right? He ends up walking someone and giving up a bunch of hits. So he looks like he's doing great until he leaves one in the middle of the plate, and the next thing you know, he's given up a run. Uh, for Tanner Tully, nothing was really working too great. He tried. He threw a lot of four-seam fastballs. He also threw a slider changing curve. Um, the slider wasn't really working for him. He had on 11 sliders, eight swings, only one whiff, and no called strikes. So uh, that's what was going on for Tanner Tully. And then Pilkington finishes the game off. Uh, his best pitch was his slider. On, on, he had a 40% CSW on 10 sliders. So that was working for him. All right, for the Yankees pitchers, man, Italian throws everything. He threw six different pitches on the night. Only had a 26% CSW, though, so wasn't really confusing Guardians hitters too bad with any of those pitches. Now Michael King, with all those strikeouts, how is he doing it? The hard sinker had an 82% CSW. Are you kidding me? 82%. Over his three innings, he had a 60% CSW total on all his pitches. On five swings against his hard sinker, they had four whiffs and 10 called strikes. They didn't put one in play. They only fouled off one of them. Uh, His fastball, they had a little more success against. His changeup, five swings, four whiffs, plus one fouled off. Yeah, man. This guy was just blowing away. And the sinker, it's the two-seamer sinker, whatever they... StatCast calls it a sinker. I think Michael King and the play-by-play announcers referred to it as a two-seam fastball. But his thing was all about locating this fastball. And he gets it up there. His velocity gets up there. He maxed at 96.9 on that sinker, on that two-seamer, and 97.3 on his four-seam fastball. So this guy was really, really pounding Guardians hitters. Uh, and then, of course, we have to deal with Araldis Chapman in the ninth inning. And he wasn't even throwing those four-seam, those 100-mile-per-hour four-seam fastballs that much. He only threw four of them. He was throwing a ton of sliders um, and attacking with sliders. So, yeah, a little bit different approach from Araldis Chapman. So that was the player breakdown for pitching. Um, clearly the pitching for the Yankees on the day, even though Talion didn't have that great of a start. I mean, there were opportunities for Guardians hitters Plenty of times in this game. And let's wrap up with that. Because Stephen Kwan, hey, start the game, second batter of the game, hits a double into the right field corner and uh, gives us a chance to score in the first. Unfortunately, Jose Ramirez grounds out and Fermil Reyes strikes out looking on some bad called pitches, like we said. Uh, But Kwan misses his first major league home run by inches. He, He almost takes advantage of the Yankee Stadium short porch and comes, I mean, within inches of hitting his first home run off the very short wall out there, ends up hitting it off the wall. Uh, so he gave himself a chance there. Uh, they would threaten again. Hey, Lavastida, let's give a shout out to Brian Lavastida, gets his first major league hit, 101.1 mile per hour uh, shot through the right side for a single. Uh, so Lavastida is on the board with his first hit. Quan almost gets an infield hit in that one. I would have loved to see them. I, I They never even went to the replay to see how close Quan was to beating out his little chopper in front of the mound. Um, they would threaten again after Fermil Reyes' home run, by the way. They were really locked in on Talion for a little bit there. 
Josh Naylor would single at 107.3 miles per hour. Ahmed Rosario would double into left field at 109.1 mile per hour exit velocity. That one surprised me because Gallo takes a very bad route to the ball in left field and it goes over his head. Gallo's a two-time gold glove winner in the outfield. The last two years, he's won gold gloves out there. And he took a really bad route to this ball. If he just breaks back, I'm pretty sure he catches this. I'm pretty sure it had a 690 expected batting average. I think just because Ahmed Rosario hit it so hard, 109.1 mile per hour exit velocity, I, I think this should have been caught by Gallo. I mean, yeah, just a bad route. But anyways, that brings up Bobby Bradley. And we probably have to talk about Bobby Bradley because a couple times in this game, Bobby Bradley came up with a chance to come up with a big hit with a runner on base. In the sixth inning, again, he would strike out with Ahmed Rosario on base. He struck out three times on the day. And the first two times, he goes down to breaking balls that were down and out of the zone. Um, The last at-bat, he gets challenged right down the pipe with a changeup. So yeah, the first two strikeouts against Talion were both curved balls down and out of the zone. And he chases. Then against Michael King, he throws him two changeups in the same at bat right down the middle of the plate. And these are hard changeups. They're like in the 80s, 88.8 mile per hour pitch speed. And he just flails right through them. That can't happen. I want Bobby Bradley to, I wanted Bobby Bradley to succeed because when he first came up, he was hitting the cover off the ball in triple A and we needed some power in the lineup. And Bobby Bradley looked like he could be that solution. Yes, he was going to strike out a ton, but it looked like he could deliver some serious pop. And you know what? It's not It's not working. I, I The guy hasn't gotten that many at-bats so far in this season. I mean, it's really hard to say uh, that you're done with a guy after so few at-bats. But he looked really, really bad in this game yesterday. Like I said, just flailing at these pitches. He's had 15 at-bats in the 2022 season. One hit so far. Yeah, I get it. I get why people are frustrated with Bobby Bradley, why they're ready to move on. Frankly, with the way Owen Miller's hitting, you're trying to find room for Gabriel Arias somewhere in this lineup. Um, Yeah, even Ernie Clement and Owen Miller, the way they're hitting. Naylor, the way he came up and started hitting. Uh, right away after he get through his rehab assignment. Yeah, I get it. I get why you're kind of done with Bobby Bradley. It it seems ridiculous, though, after 15 at-bats. Remember, this is, a, this is a game where people get 500, 600 at-bats in a season. So to make a judgment on 15 at-bats, that's rushed. And these are the same people, by the way, that are saying, oh, you can't, you can't take anything away from spring training. They get so few at-bats in spring training. Uh, you know, someone could just be on a cold streak. There's there's no way you can take anything away from spring training. And then they want to make it a judgment off of 15 at-bats in April. That's really hard to do. But watching him last night, he, I, there's something that's not there. The pitch recognition is not there. He just, Even change-ups right down the middle of the plate. I get chasing curveballs out of the zone. I, you know, I'm assuming a major league curveball is pretty hard to hit, especially when it's just bailing out of the strike zone like that. But 
Those changeups down the middle, he's got to be able to do something with them, at least make some contact. That could be the reason why Bobby Bradley's expendable at this point, because the Guardians hitting velocity, it seems like, is starting to change. With Owen Miller and Quan and Clement and even Jose Ramirez, they put the bat on the ball. Fermil Reyes is kind of the lone man in this lineup that's, you know, home run or nothing. And even Fermil Reyes will hit the single every now and then. He will shoot a ball through the gap. He, he's working to put the bat on the ball a little bit. But, it, yeah, it just feels like that skill is not there for Bobby Bradley, and he may not fit the philosophy anymore of the Guardians hitting staff. So I, I don't know if they're going to DFA a guy after a 15 at-bats. Frankly, at this point, things are so bad for Bobby Bradley, he may clear waivers. Like, they literally might be able to outright him down to triple A, even though he's out of options. Uh, right? That's the hard part. He's out of options. So you can't just send him down to triple A. He would, every team would get a chance to acquire him, basically, for nothing. Uh, if we were to basically cut him like that, if he passed every team, if every team passed on him, we could stick him back on triple A. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, what decision they make. You know, Owen Miller should be, you would assume him and Chang and, you know, will be back from, uh, from their coat, from the COVID list in a few days, you know, sometime soon. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of decisions they make because that looked really ugly yesterday for Bradley. Um, so yeah, so the guardians had some chances, uh, towards the end of the game, they, boy, they really, they really don't put up much of a fight towards the end of this game. Uh, it was kind of slow, but they do get some guys on. I take that back. You know, Andreas Jimenez has an infield single in the fifth, a huge hustle single where he chops one to first base and beats the pitcher to the bag. I'm watching the highlights back. The Yankees commentators were wondering if something was messed up with the pitcher's footwork. And it was, he did take a little chop step before he steps on first base, and it lets Jimenez... Jimenez might have beat him anyways, because he was really hustling down the line. We always talk about Ahmed Rosario's speed being a game-changer. Andres Jimenez's speed is starting to prove to be a game-changer. Now, he does get thrown out, though, at third base, trying to go from first to third on a Stephen Kwan single. And here's what I'll say. I saw the immediate reaction on Guardian's Twitter was, what is he doing trying to stretch that? Why is he running with Jose Ramirez coming up? Look, the Yankees were going first to third on us like crazy in this game. Going first to third is not the problem. The problem is Andres Jimenez did not get a great jump off of first base, and then he hesitated again going around second base. If you're going first to third, you got to commit. Anytime you're trying to take an extra base, there's a split-second decision where you decide, I'm going for it. And if you question that at all, you're going to get thrown out. And he does. He questions it going around second base. He stutters for a second, continues to go, and gets thrown out on a very close play. In fact, if the third baseman isn't kind of blocking the bag a little bit, he might have gotten that right hand in there. And fortunately, he slides into the guy's shin. Uh, and, you know, on that ball, he kind of has to see sometimes those line drives the center field, sometimes they just hang up there. Right? They just hang out and carry out to the center fielder. So he does hesitate a little bit, leaving first base, wondering if that ball was going to drop or if that ball was going to carry out to the center fielder judge. Judge throwing the guy out of third base. Like I said, had himself a game. So Jimenez gets thrown out there. Uh, but we did have two hits in that inning. Um, you know, We'd have another Ahmed Rosario with single, and then Bobby Bradley would strike out to end the sixth inning. 
Uh, the seventh and eighth innings go quietly. They strike out the side in the eighth inning. He strikes out. King was so good. He struck out Quan, Jose Ramirez, and Fermil Reyes to strike out the side in the eighth inning. Naylor would lead off the ninth with a double. He would be pumped up, but unfortunately, they couldn't do anything to bring him in. I'm um, Rosario ground out. Oscar Mercado pinch hitting for Bobby Bradley would also strike out, and Lava Stita would strike out to end the game. So that is everything offensively for your Cleveland Guardians, and that is all my thoughts on this one. MVP for the day. Ooh, it's a tough one here. There were a couple of guys with a couple of hits. Quan uh, Naylor and Ahmed Rosario all had multi-hit games. Fermil Reyes with the big home run was the only run on the board for the Guardians. Nobody pitched that well. Uh, so I'm going to give MVP for the day. <laughs> Look, all right. No one really stood out among the, you know, among the pack. But hey, Brian Lavastida did get his first major league hit. So Brian, not only do you get the game ball, uh, or do you get that souvenir of your first major league hit to take home with you, but you also get your first MVP for the day. Congratulations on your first hit. Always a cool moment. Uh, he was he was pretty excited at first base. So MVP for the day, sure. Brian Lavastida on a day that just was not the Guardians day. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. Let's see how those Yankees do facing some major league talent pitching. Not, not that Eli Morgan isn't major league talent. Those other guys still have some work to do. They'll get there, though. They'll get there. Uh, but they got to go face Cal Quantrill now. So let's see if the fortunes change a little bit for the Yankees and Guardians in this one. It's a day game. We got some day game baseball all weekend. Uh, so make sure to check out the show. You know we'll be back every morning to talk about these games. Again, the final from Yankee Stadium. It's the Yankees 4, the Guardians 1. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.